Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. Today, we're back for a special series, talking to guests about the challenges facing the sandwich generation, meaning those of us juggling kids, parents, and careers, all at the same time. Our guest today knows us too. Cecilia Aviles, thank you so much for sharing your sandwich story with us today. Uh, Jennifer, I am so excited to be talking to you again. (laughs) I love it. So you are a senior operations executive. You're in charge of a humongous budget at Sutter Health, their largest ambulatory care division. You have a $1.4 billion budget, 4,000 employees, 1,000 clinicians, multiple facilities across the Bay Area in California. I'm not going to talk about any of that today. (laughs) I am going to talk about something completely different, which is our families. What do you think? I think that that is really the work. That really is my work. So I go to work, but then I come home to my real job. (laughs) You know, back in the day when I was the editor of Working Mother, I would always say, people would say, well, the best job is being a mom. And I'd say, that's not a mom, it's a life. But yes, no, there's a lot of work that goes into it, even if you don't call it a job. That's true. It is so true. Absolutely true. Well, so you're, what, can you set the scene for us on what, what your sandwich story is? Who's at home right now? What stage are we at? What, yeah. What's happening? Absolutely. So I'm a single mom of two girls. One is 17. She just started her senior year in high school. And one will be turning 13 this year and is in seventh grade. So I'm about to have two teenagers at home. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. And both my parents are living. They do not live together, but they are both living. And I live close to my family, I'm physically close to my family. I am the only one in my family with a health background. So I'm a nurse by background. Both my parents are aging. Both have chronic diseases. So when there is a hospital call or a hospital admissions, I, it's, yeah, tag, tag it's me. So my brother, used to run the computer store and repair team for Oberlin, Oberlin College. And so he was the key member at the table, you know, like with all the computer problems. And now that we could use, it would be great to have a health professional in our family for family dinners now too. Yeah. Nobody cared about the editor. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what's your secret sauce? I'm sure they cared about the editor when college essays come into oh, play. Oh, well, hey, thank you for that segue. How's the college process going for you? Jennifer, it is really stressful. I have to tell you, I want to project manage my daughter, and that's just not a winning formula for us. So yeah. it's, it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> not I, a winning <laughs> That cracks me up. Yes. No, they're the worst employees. They, you know, they we love them. They they are the the worst. Yes. 
Yes, you how's your doing? <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, I'd like to fire her, but I'm sure she would like to fire me. Yeah. It's difficult because I know, you know, I've been through those chapters of my life and I know what it takes. And I know that from when I was in college to today's in college, that bar yeah. has just risen higher. And so I just, I'll be fully transparent. Like my biggest fear is that as her kind of big first adult decision that can set up the rest of her life, right? that if it doesn't start on that path, yeah, then I feel like I failed, which maybe I shouldn't be taking this on and giving it more to her, but I don't know. It's very hard. It's like I used to say when my kids were younger that my gift to them is keeping my crazies to myself. <laughs> this is a moment, you know, all my worries. And I try to, you know, be a little, I don't know how much I hit it. I, my, so my daughter has started her freshman year in college and woo, all the stories that are coming out now. It's like she turned 18 and then started saying, well, you remember that time that you're like, oh, <laughs> you don't need to know these stories. No, no, I was placid. I kept the crazies to myself. Oh my God. Like those core memories of hers are just jumping out. Oh, but, all of them. Yeah. Like a foundation, like a core value that I have is the best gift I can give to my kids is a great education. Yeah. And I think that's the pressure I put on myself. I know. I really do. I know it. And then part of that, because we talk about family finances at Firstly, mm -hmm. is talking about the financial aspect of it. So I know you're working a lot on kind of setting up everything. How is that going? It has been a journey. And really, you know, I've been a single mom when my youngest daughter was one year, one years old. So financially, it's so hard to recover from a divorce. And I know many women experience this, right? Yep. Women and men experience this. And so for me, you know, I've kept it together at a cost, right? At a cost to myself and at a cost to my future. And early on, I really wasn't thinking about retirement, but I will tell you being in the front lines of healthcare, when COVID first hit, that's kind of when I had my aha moment of, mm -hmm. oh, I really need to get my stuff together. Oh, you know, because it's, it's so frightening from a health perspective, but from a, ooh, you know, how are my finances? Like, what if something happens? Oof, yes. That's frightening. Yes. Yes, it really was. So and that was super easy. You just it, you just snapped your fingers and everything was was together. Got uh, it. Uh, you know, I wish. I really, really wished. And part of it was like, hmm, I don't know what I don't know. So I know, I think I know I need to find a financial advisor that can really advise me. An estate yep. planner. I own property. I don't have an, a, you know, a yep. will, an estate. What would happen then? So it became a real personal journey to to find find those dream team members and then start on the path of which I am still on. It's hard because it's so I don't have a financial planner, and I we've 
toyed around with doing it. And, and it, part of it is the work that goes into like, like finding a therapist, you know, someone mm-hmm. who is meeting you where you are, but you can take you where you need to go. It's like, oh, geez, I, I have to think about where I want to go. And I have to think about how to explain where I am. Yes. I think. Yes. What is that taken as someone who needs to do it? <laughs> yeah, it's taken a lot of work. Just my personal values is I love to work with mostly women teams. Like an all-woman team is like my dream team. <laughs> Sometimes they're really hard to find. So in order to find a financial planner, like I dug deep, not only Google searches, but moms, groups, and friends. I had a list of 28 financial planners that were all women, kind of local to the Bay Area where I live. And then it was interviewing them and having them interview me because I was looking for the right fit when Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the right fit was. And I got to tell you, it was really humbling. I mean, there was times I felt judged by people. Yeah. You know, when they'd say, oh. That's my fear. Right. That's exactly like, I don't know if I want to reveal all this to you because I know we don't have everything buttoned up. No, I know. And so it's those moments when someone says, okay, well, you have a pension. And I was like, no, I don't have a pension. And then they gasp. (laughs) I was like, okay, didn't feel so good on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Or I got to tell you, there's times that, you know, People fired me before even talking to me when they're like, oh, I only work with people that have X amount of money. Yeah. I I don't have X amount of money. (laughs) I was like, that's the goal. And they're like, okay, come back to me then. And I was like, "Mm, I really want to find someone that will be with me where I'm at and teach me and empower me. And I have to tell you, like, Jennifer, you know, I'm Latinx. And it's really fascinating coming from different cultures. And I can speak about the Latinx culture. You know, my parents taught me nothing about finances. And personal finances aren't taught in school. I really believe it should. But there's a lot of research out there that talks about immigrant families that come here and that they're kind of the reverse triangle. So if the triangle is people build their foundation, they save for their kids' college, you know, they'll purchase a house. And then if you think of the top being luxury items like cars and boats, coming from a Latinx family, it's the reverse triangle. They start making money and all of a sudden they're buying the cars and the boats and Hmm. not necessarily, you know, the kids' college. So, I didn't have any financial role models. So really, who could teach me now? Yeah. And, you know, I look- And recognize what you're coming from, right? You know, yes. and have have a little empathy for like, I get it. And I, and I kind of get why you're trying to pivot here. You know, like, yeah. You know, and when I look at that age curve on the 401k, like I'm <laughs> still really like, it's scary. Like I'm still in the zone- but I'm on that tail end of the zone of star aggressively now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, do you talk much? And I'm going to already tell you that I try to have these discussions, but I don't think they're very effective in our family. So do you talk with your girls about finances any? Like, especially with going to college. 
Oh, I do. And let me tell you, it hasn't always gone very well. That's for certain. <laughs> so when I, um, you know, when I show my finances or I say, this is what I spoke with my, my financial planner, like we have to pivot. Uh, the younger one will be like, okay, yeah, what can I do? And the oldest teenager will roll her eyes and say, you are just right. being so dramatic. You're not going to be on the streets. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, l- let's just be clear. I am the sole breadwinner I here. I, I don't get that. I had it as a child, a product of a single mom as well. And I just, the dream was, let me get to the best college I can get into and we'll make it happen. And boy, did I come out with loans. My younger sibling, mm. my brother looked at that and said, no. And he he looked at it as a financial decision and went to University of Cincinnati, offered him a free ride, offered him a free ride for law school and graduated all that college with $5,000 in loans. Let's say his sister did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What's did- with the younger folks? They're so much smarter, I think, than us older siblings. So, I, you know, and I have to tell you, that is so true. I mean, that's what my financial planner keeps telling me, which is the best thing you could do with your kids is help them not have loans or as little as possible because yeah. that has shown to have the most impact in their adult future. Oh, I agree. It really does decide where, you know, like you you talk about like law school coming out. Well, he wanted to get into education and so he became a teacher. Well, he could and make very little money as a starting teacher because he didn't have huge loans. I could not. I had to take jobs that would pay those loans in addition to my life. You know, you it it does have a long-term impact and I know that I sound like I've just discovered this. But <laughs> it's true. And as we have kids going into college, that is very top of mind of me too. That said, my kid is still ending up at a private college and I think what am I doing? But mm. that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'll We'll have to connect after. Yeah, do better than me. That's all I, I can say is do better than me. You know, I'm learning the process too. And it's not easy. It's just not easy. So, um, yeah. No, it's a real pull of like wanting to do the best by your kids. But your definition of the best by your kids at that moment when you're looking at it's like the best college my kids can get into. And actually, we should probably open our minds up to the best for our kids is a broader definition of like, what is the finance? And I know there are good parents yes. out there that do a much better job than I did figuring out like what schools they can afford truly and all that. But it's just hard. It's very hard because you're like, I want the best for my babies. You know, it really is hard. And I haven't gotten there to these are your acceptances and this is what the package looks like. But I understand that it can be very confusing. And so I, I'm about to navigate that. So let's connect after that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's come. You know what? We'll come back, you know, in like six months. We'll say, so how did it go? What did she, you know, that, that'll be lots of fun. I, I will absolutely let you know. And one of the things about, I mean, you know that I'm Latinx, but one of the things about my girls are not only they Latinx, but they are also Black. And so I have biracial daughters. 
And so when we're looking at these schools, we are also looking at what is the diversity within these schools and how does that look? Right. Do I want my only, my daughter to be one of like 5% of non-white kids on this campus or whatever? I I hope there's no school that's that skewed, but yes, what's the community they'll find just to be able to affirm their own experience? Right. And continue to learn and being biracial children, you know, will they navigate to one or another or as the country becomes more integrated within race? Mm -hmm. You know, is that a non-issue at some of these schools? So that's another aspect that is important that we are exploring also during this search. So my experience with having, you know, looking at colleges through a new person's eyes, my daughter's eyes, her field, I went to journalism school, she's going for art. Just in that small difference is like, oh, wait, how I view the entire experience of college is only my one view. And so mm-hmm. I, my eyes are open to see that in her way. And, and, it, and now that she's just started, I constantly am rethinking like, oh, this is how I see college and the experience. My college was very super competitive to maybe didn't need to be that competitive. Like that we're all out to get each other. I don't know. What if you could have a different way of college? And so, and I'm wondering if like that's, you must have similar experiences now where they see life differently. They do. They absolutely see life differently. And I see life as through my eyes, which yeah. is being Latinx, they see life as being, you know, a, a mixture. And the other thing is the world sees them as being Black. Right. They see the world one way, but then the world sees them. And oh, wow. Yeah. And that, I have to tell you, was a big aha for me. Because Mm -hmm. that's not how I see them. Yeah. So that was a moment, recent moment in time where I just really had to sit with myself and really think about that. Isn't that what our children's do to us? You know, they just force us to rethink everything. They do. They challenge us. Yes. They see things that we haven't. I mean, I can tell you in the last year how many times they have said, did you see that? That was a microaggression. Honestly, after about them saying that 10 times, I had to keep Googling microaggression. Because <laughs> you know you understand it, but do you really understand it? They're no, like, oh, no, good. All right. Yeah, yeah they, they teach me a lot. Well, it's truly the biggest gift you really can give them beyond their college education and setting up your finances right is giving them opportunities to school you on something because you know they love that. (laughs) You know, the finance thing is really interesting also because right now I give them an allowance. And from their allowance, automatically part of that money goes into a savings and then we are purchasing kind of funds for them. Right, really? S and P five hundred. Yes, and that is new, and understanding what they like. And I can tell you that the little one is definitely more into it. The older one is like, "Can I just have it all?" Because I really want to buy this clothes. So that is my family too. What is that? <laughs> I am like, no, mm-mm. you got a parking ticket? 
that is not coming from your savings. That is coming from the allowance that's not saving. And really trying to do different with them than what I knew. And all of this is is new to me too. So I'm astounded when I'm with their friends and they say, oh yeah, for my bar mitzvah, I told people I just wanted Tesla stock. My mouth fell open. I was like, wait a second, at 13, you knew to ask for that? I No, (laughs) I didn't. Oh my goodness. I did not at all. That is hilarious. I mean, and I tell you, I think my son is on the road to that kind of thinking. He, he, we just had a whole conversation and he's about to be, he'll be 15 pretty soon. And he, he's telling me how he's saving up for something that he wants and he's earning this and he's saving that. And yeah, that my eldest is not that way. So, and neither was I. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, neither was I. I kept thinking like, how do people save? Like, how did they do that? I know, right? It wasn't until I met with my financial planner or she's like, okay, you're going to auto save in this account. This is the do not ever touch account. You need to have a cushion. It just automatically goes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, how did I, mean, I so- not think of that before? I know. And and we're smart women. We read things. We, you know, we know things, but then there's always a bill to pay. There's always something, you know, I commend you for working on this now as you go into the college world, because like just getting stuff for her dorm, that was a huge chunk I wasn't planning on spending. I mean, I knew we were going to have to get some things, but I don't know. I work with a, a, a lovely, uh, peer at Firstly. And he's so funny. He's like, you're spending money on their dorm? What? <laughs> and he's, I I would like to actually see how much he and his wife actually spent on their child's dorm because he also is sending a child to college this year. Let's compare. Let's compare and contrast. Let's, can we share a spreadsheet? Can we share yeah. a spreadsheet with cost? Because, because um, I think it's someone somewhere between he and I is the actual... <laughs> You need to spend a little bit more than what he's saying, and you need to spend less than I did. So, (laughs) you know, but Jennifer, you bring up such a great, great point because there's the total cost of college, right? Tuition is a portion, but what does it all look like? Because it harkens back, dear listener, it harkens back to when we were all pregnant with baby number one. And you knew you did not need that bottle warmer. You knew that that was ridiculous. And if you really needed to warm up the bottle, you could do it on the stove and a little pot of water. You know, you don't need to gold plate everything. And I, the same thing with the dorm rooms, you know, you don't get talked into it all. (laughs) Mm. Right, right. There's a lot of companies that are now niched Oh, into just the for dorm. dorm. They they just throw the word dorm on it, and then they it just like with um. Remember for wedding stuff, you know, they, if they yes. call them wedding napkins, they're twenty percent more. <laughs> just napkins are just napkins, you know. That's it's the same napkins. So yes, we can figure out <laughs> we can figure out a way to to save some money on these these dorm room stuff is very it sneaks up on you. That's my tip of the day. <laughs> I appreciate your tip of the day. Absolutely. And I really appreciate talking about finances because we don't talk about it enough. Yes. I think, and I, I do applaud the colleges now with this total cost of college with looking at, oh, 
ours said, oh, you'll probably need about 700 bucks for travel, your child going back and forth to school during the year. And it's like, oh, that's a good thing to think about because yes, I would like my child to come back for Christmas or whatever. Like that is a cost and that, that will happen. It's not just tuition and it's not just room and board. There are other things. And so I do appreciate, I don't think they talked about that when you and I went off to college. I have to tell you, like I stay, again, being Latinx, you know, girls aren't encouraged to go off to college. You know, education was very important to my family. I had no role models growing up who had gone to college. I went to a local college and it wasn't until I got my master's and people opened up opportunities to other schools that I, you know, I went to a top business school. And that's where the frame of my reality really changed. And that's the thing. We, you and I know firsthand the book that is starting to be written as they move into their college life. That's why it's so hard when they won't write the dang essay on time. <laughs> or do their college list. If you ask me today, Cecilia, what is your biggest pain point? The targeted college list. Because just like you were saying, Jennifer, like, I'd like to know it so I can understand what is the total cost of college. Do they give merit? Like I'm trying, I'm trying to plan for the long haul and I need a little help. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. So you and I will make a date. We'll come back here and we'll talk and we'll see how it went. Okay. Let's do okay. that. Fingers crossed <laughs> that it goes really well. Thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. I encourage you to email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and to rate and review us. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.